0: You've tuned into a show called Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch, and you were expecting a spoiler-free episode. So there are many, many spoilers on this episode. Kripya, Dhyan diji.
1: You are listening to Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. This is Mr. Binge Watch Anirudh Koha, and with me is Mrs. Binge Watch Janice Aquera. And Janice, do you want to tell our listeners what the time is right now?
0: How does it matter? We are over a month in lockdown. It does not matter, guys. It does not matter whether it's 3am or it's 1am or it's 6am. But it's definitely one of those AMs.
1: So the reason Janice does not sound as chirpy and sounds as morose as she does right now is because Janice isn't really an evening person. Janice is a morning person. I am the evening person. I I'm get sorry, to are you
0: saying right now is evening? It's an evening. No, a. I, meant like
1: a, I meant like a... It's a day and night thing, right? So huh. I'm... I'm, of course, uh, not a morning person, but I I get really alert late at night. Uh, It's 1 a.m. right now, by the way, and Janice and I are really kicked about recording this at this time of the hour. Very kicked! Because it's like, we can do this anytime, anywhere, at any time of the day. Uh, It's also been crazy, guys, really, this lockdown. I know we spoke about it last week and probably the week after that, and I'm sorry if this is repetitive. But the lockdown has been anything but easy, right, Janice?
0: Yeah, it's been long, long, long in the sense, not just the number of days that we've been sort of quarantined and locked up in our homes, but long also in the days that are in the the sense that days never f***ing end. It just goes on and on and on and on.
1: That is true. And so we thought that, I mean, we thought that we'll do this tomorrow. And then we said, you know, why not? I mean, it's really just about sitting now together and doing this. So... Why not do it at 1 a.m.? Uh, you know, the IBM studios would have probably never been opened at this time <laughs> of the hour. But the residences of Janice and Anirudh are always, uh, you know, up open for business. Uh, before we proceed, I want to uh, give a big shout out to my friend and uh, loyal listener of Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch, Arkupol Choudhury. He's what really interesting
0: name that is, Arkopol.
1: So, Arkopol and me were essentially buddies at DNA. We were both colleagues. Uh, he worked for the business section and he has a really cool job right now uh, as an editor at uh, HarperCollins Publishing. Uh, so what do you want from him? And Why are we
0: doing this shirt out? Because Arko... Arko, like, he wants something from you. No, I'll
1: tell you what. Arko got something really interesting to my notice because he listened to our episode like he always does. Like I said, he's been a guy who's always given me feedback about the stuff we talk about. Haan. And he spoke about how he heard Audrey, <laughs> Janice, <laughs> and my, uh, Janice and my my cat, on the show last week. And he brought, yeah. it to, he brought it to my notice that Audrey's made her debut on Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. Hi, sound editor at IVM. Clearly, you couldn't
0: wipe out Audrey. Which
1: is perfectly fine. That's the entire idea. We are at home, we are under lockdown and we are still bringing you guys these episodes and we are very happy to. But every now and then you might hear a meow and that's just one of our cats. You
0: know, before we get into the show that Ani and I are talking about uh, today, I was going to say tonight because it is the middle of the You can say
1: tonight, it's all right. People could be listening to it at any time of the day.
0: Yeah, but you know, I wanted to talk about the show that we're binge watching right now, which... I Ariel has never
1: watched Grey's Anatomy. So now I'll have to give context. Janice, you have this habit of opening I a was Pandora's going to box. Give context. Every time we sit down to have a simple conversation about the show we are talking about, you'll mention <laughs> something that's on a tangent and then I'll be forced to give context so here's what's happening but
0: i can give context i'm
1: currently totally I can give context. no but this is my context it's okay, my story so okay. i shall share it it's 1am it's 1am i'm totally hooked on to masterclass right now it's something i've always wanted to do it's this cool app for those guys who don't know it's a school app where people from all walks of life do master classes which are basically turned into like 10 15 20 30 lesson courses These aren't
0: just anyone. These are people who are like leaders in their industry and, you know, almost sort of living legends who we follow or like absolute masters of their domain.
1: Right. So, I mean, of course, I downloaded it because I wanted to listen to a lot of the writers and the screenwriters on the app. Uh, And um, I first heard about Masterclass a couple of years ago when Aaron Sorkin basically signed on to do a Masterclass. And I haven't started with Sorkin, though. I started with uh, Shonda Rhimes. Uh, and as some of you may know, Shonda Rhimes is the creator of both Scandal uh, and Grey's Anatomy. Her two and most... another
0: show called uh, How to Get Away yeah. with Murder. And, and
1: now How to Get Away with Murder. But basically Grey's Anatomy and Scandal are her two most famous shows. And Grey's is something she's spoken extensively about on her uh, Masterclass. Also, she's, uh, the cool thing about Masterclass is that in addition to what the uh you know people are talking about there are also references made and they put up notes like for example if shonda rhimes is talking about the gray's anatomy pilot and breaking breaking it down uh there is a pdf document with the final script of shonda rhimes version of the pilot being up there so you can always cross reference check see how things were done so there's a first draft a final draft uh and so on and so forth and Grey's Anatomy is just one of those shows that have just flown under the radar as far as I'm concerned. I've somehow just managed to stay away maybe because it's a medical drama and I feel a little queasy seeing body parts being brought out of humans. Yeah, actually I want to ask you
0: guys that. Like, you know, um, I feel like there are two kinds of people. People who can watch really gross stuff on TV and still sort of go on with their meal like nothing happened, which is me. I'm never grossed out. Like, you could be talking about anything potty, showing me blood, showing me organs and I'll probably still go on with my meal like nothing happened. But Anirudh literally cannot watch anything gory if we're ever
1: having a meal. No, it depends. I can can totally see gory stuff. It depends. Now, yeah, I mean, like when we were watching Grey's Anatomy, there was this one moment. Like there are a few graphic shots of the show. Also, I think it's something that now I don't feel uh, strongly about now that I'm about you know, two seasons in. Because uh, I've gotten used to it. I think the first few times also, because I thought it's like an old show, network show, maybe it won't be graphic. So it's been interesting because, I mean, we've got time on our hands and uh, it's also bad news for our podcast because it <laughs> means that we may not have anything new to speak about if we just continue binge-watching Grey's Anatomy. But that's what we pretty much done since the beginning of the week. I, of course, am doing it purely for uh, the masterclass purposes. So you're not enjoying it? But now... Can I finish my sentence? But now i am obviously gotten into it. So let's see how long it lasts.
0: I love it. You know, for me, it's sort of... Uh, I watched, I think, about three or four seasons. I know it's on in its 17th freaking season now. But I watched about three or four seasons way back in the, old, I don't know, 2006, 2007. And it used to come on Z Cafe or Star Wars, one of the two. So for me, sitting back now and watching it, it's almost like it's new all over again. Except that, of course, I remember some of the core relationships and some of the core drama elements. But, but, yeah, the, but,
1: the, cool, talk- but the cool thing about Grace is also that Shonda on the Masterclass keeps talking about how she was... Heavily inspired by Sorkin, hmm. uh, and you know, so West Wing came out in '99, uh, Grace came out in 2005, and at that time, I mean, West Wing was probably the most popular show around. Uh, and you know, when you see Grace, and because Shonda was such a young writer then, finding her feet, you can see so many. Like literally, for me, watching Grace Anatomy now, all these years later, my perspective of it is that it is really a West Wing set in a hospital. Mm. I'm not saying it's as great as West Wing or it, it's, it's that, you know, that's level of brilliance. But clearly that's what Shonda was going for. I think that's how the idea came about that. So, so many aspects of the West Wing, whether it's like the fast talking, whether it's those walks around corridors, whether it's cutting between three different people in the same shot, mm. uh, you know, an activity happening in one corner and another activity in the other, and you cut between the two without those two activities ever merging, is something that Sorkin did. And I could clearly see a lot of that on um, on Graze. And then there's also that entire aspect about staff being competitive about each other, but at the same time working together. I think it's got many of those workplace environment uh, themes um, and many attributes. So for me, really, I'm really enjoying that because I'm watching Grace through that prism. It's not gotten it's boring for me. It's
0: really yet. good network television, you know, because... Uh, as much as you might say that you know there's not that much difference between network TV and OTT uh, sort of shows now there always will be network shows have this way of sort of focusing always more on the relationships having 3-4 tracks going on per episode and almost at any point of time and almost every episode is a standalone story by itself yes those relationships and those dramas continue but unlike OTTs which only have one main story I feel like network shows will always have multiple layers and multiple sort of stories going yeah, on yeah but that's that's also hard. got
1: to do with the fact that because they had 22 to 26 yeah, episodes to explore a story we over they had the room to do multiple tracks although to be fair on a show like Newsroom which again was a 10-13 part series uh Sorkin did use the same device of like three different things happening because like there was when there's an ensemble you know you get the you get the ability to do that, but it depends a lot on the nature of the show as well, right? So Mm -hmm. when you're in a workplace environment, there's never any one thing happening in an office, right? Yeah. Uh, And yeah, that's another thing. Like when I'm watching Grace, I can understand that You know, a lot like West Wing, there is going to be that one major case of the week. But there are two little small cases also which are important. So it's been great. Uh, And of course, I can go on and on and keep talking about West Wing. Yes, but
0: that is, I mean, while if you do feel, if you're feeling nostalgic after hearing this conversation, maybe you also should go check out a show that you maybe watched way back and you now want to sit back and watch because it just, it does feel really nice by the way to revisit these shows that you watched probably when you were much younger, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, But of course, the show that we're talking about this week, the show we're recommending Janice is
1: quickly getting into the show because she's afraid that I'm going to break into another little spiel about West Wing.
0: Guys, if you uh, know anything about Anirudh Guha in real life, you'll know that he's a major Aaron uh, Aaron Sorkin uh, geek and he'll want to talk about West Wing and he'll want to talk about the fast writing and the fast scripting and the dialogues and this and that. And that should be an entire episode completely hosted. Yeah, by but, I, I, but I prefer... Where uh, I am just nodding and saying, hmm, But I, just, I get it. But hmm. yeah, rather
1: than doing one episode and getting done with it, I prefer just bringing West Wing up every now and then like I do. Sure. But like you said, moving on. Yes,
0: like let me complete what I was saying, right? I'm saying that the show we're talking about today, of course, is HBO's uh, The Outsider. Uh, It's a show that, you know, it's it's a recreation, it's a television adaptation of uh, Stephen King's uh, the Outsider, the book by the same name, it uh, falls under the crime, thriller, fantasy genre because it falls it really, under too
1: many genres. Yeah, it
0: falls under too many genres. I don't between...
1: think it falls under any genre, Janice. It's just a Stephen <laughs> King. The genre that it falls under is it's that Stephen it's a Stephen King adaptation.
0: So, like, yeah, let your imagination run wild with that one.
1: No, but it's interesting. So, here's what's interesting about The Outsider, right? So, uh, The Outsider begins with a crime, as a lot of crime shows do. Uh, and it begins with this cop played by Ben. Ben Mendelsohn uh, essentially being alerted to a crime taking place where there's a kid's body that's been found, uh, and uh, all roads and all evidences lead to one man in the county uh, played by Jason Bateman. So you're already, you know, your interest is already peaked because you realize this is not a who done it at all because who done it's always create an impression yeah. of who's done it, but here. It seems like... It seems like a slam dunk. Uh, You know, it seems like... There is no way Jason Bateman... Would not have done it. Not only to Ben Mendelsohn... But to the audience as well. But but, But that gets subverted... The very next episode... When there is evidence... Basically put ahead... Which may... Uh, exonerate Jason Bateman's character.
0: Yeah, basically by the second episode you're given an entire sort of uh, theory where Jason Bateman happens to be in two places at the exact same time. So the exact same time that all of the witnesses saw him near the dead body of the kid who's been murdered and raped. At the very same moment he's also in another part of the country attending a conference, a teacher's conference. So suddenly by the second episode you're like what is happening? Uh, Has Bateman pulled a fast one? What is the Over here, is there a doppelganger or a twin theory? Right, all of that, of course, goes on for a couple of episodes, and you know, also the fact I mean, then of course, enters
1: so, 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 this is we are this is a an episode which is going to probably be filled with spoilers. If you're somebody who's not watched the Outsiders and wants to go back and see it and come back and listen to it, that might be a great idea. And if spoilers don't bother you, then please hang around. It's not like we're going to tell you what's going to happen after this. But The Outside is a kind of a show where it's constantly shifting tracks, and we might just touch upon that a little bit. And so what makes it most interesting is that it starts being a regular uh, crime drama, and then you feel like, you know, there might be a twist to the crime element where either the person... Is pulling a, a con whereby he's going to be exonerated, or uh, the fact that he's probably not done it at all and is being framed. And both those theories keep you entertained because, as an audience, you're convinced that it's Jason Bateman who's done it. Mm. Uh, but as it happens in Stephen King novels, so the way I would define The Outsider is that it's a procedural scene through the lens of a Stephen King book, you know, so he brings in the supernatural. And suddenly, you know, you start questioning everything. Uh, And I think that's what makes the show so interesting. It's like watching a true crime drama. But in reality, there's no supernatural twist to... Crimes usually, right?
0: You know what's interesting about The Outsider is that even when you're talking about elements like, you know, there are supernatural elements on this show, there's fantasy, there's a little bit of like, you know, a lot of imagination involved. Uh, But at the end of the day, when you're watching a procedural of any kind, you always want an answer, right? That answer could be in folklore, it could be in legends, it could be in urban myths. You want a concrete answer about what is happening and why it's happening. The outsider, while by the end of the show, there is the final revelation, sort of, you know what's happened and why. But the reason it took place and the main character behind all of this is still never fully clear in the audience's mind. Which yes. is actually interesting for me because like, I kept looking at the last two episodes and saying that, am I buying this enough? Or...
1: No, why did I, you
0: Suspend my own imagination so, just
1: I didn't think that, I mean, I that wasn't my takeaway. I felt like uh, the the writers, creators, they were they they were able to convince the audience about what was happening and why it was happening and what the idea behind it was. That was clear to me. And I think Janice didn't enjoy the show towards the end as much as I did. But having said that. Uh, I think it might be a good idea for anybody going into inside, uh, in, going into yeah, the outside. outsider to know that this is a show that probably peaks around the seventh or eighth episode mark. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that happens is uh, you know, it's really a storytelling. Uh, it's not a shortcoming it's a handicap and there's nothing that could be done about it. The thing is that the show rests on such a fascinating base. You know, what I'm talking about is the first episode and the second episode. There are so many twists and turns coming at you in the first two, three episodes that you are your appetite is vetted, right? And then you are like expecting that kind of movement to, to sort of persist through the show. But around the, you know, just before the show is about to end, um, maybe a couple of episodes before that, they begin to sort of maybe around the end of the seventh episode, they, things start to make sense. So the moment things begin to make sense and things fall into place and you understand why those things have been happening, uh, that element of mystery is then taken out of it. So then really it's a matter of how it wraps up and what happens in the end. Yeah. So, uh, so I think what happened with us too while watching it, but... You know, that's the thing about even Stephen King novels, right? It's not really about knowing. You could totally read a Stephen King novel or watch a Stephen King movie or a show knowing how it ends. Because it's really the, the art, the craft lies yeah. in the telling of it.
0: Correct the thing is that see I mean I'll tell you what uh, eventually what I loved about the show uh, is Holly Gibney right yeah I mean, played like, by Cynthia
1: you know, Erivo
0: Aver- Cynthia Erivo uh, A- 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 so I'm saying in the first couple of episodes itself because there's Jason Bateman there's Ben Mendelssohn, you're already like wow this show has some stellar actors okay who I
1: just loved. I just want to go over the entire cast this cast is complete nuts alright Ben Mendelssohn, one of my absolute favorite actors saw him on Bloodline yeah. sold on the fact that he is playing the main lead here all right then you have jason bateman as your main culprit uh, or rather the the suspect so you're also interested there because you know such a great actor cynthia erivo who basically enters the story around the fourth fifth episode mark and you know then the story just goes into a different direction uh is actually who the book or the story is named after which yeah. is the outsider. Uh, who I saw in a, in this beautiful movie called Widows just a week before we saw the show. So she's great. All the other actors, Bill Camp, we saw him on The Night Of. Jeremy Bob, we saw him on Fargo. Uh, you know, Mayor Winningham, who we saw on The Affair. All these actors, Paddy Consident, is again an actor that we've seen on so many other shows doing such a great job. So this is like an all-star cast show. Uh, And there are moments towards the latter end of the show where all these characters come together in one place. And just that can keep you going, right? I mean, just the basic story idea and the performances are enough for you to be engaged.
0: Yeah, like I said, I mean, in the first episode, you're already in awe of the fact that you've got two... I mean, actually, you've got an entire star cast filled with names that you've seen in such great shows and films. And, but for me, really, the show takes off when Cynthia Erivo enters, Correct. right? Because Holly Gibney is fascinating. Holly Gibney is someone who's been, uh, who's could be considered a genius. Who can tell you crazy facts. Who can tell you lengths of buildings. Who can tell you which baseball player played on which match and why and what his stats are. And yet she cannot comprehend sometimes the most simplest of things, especially emotions and feelings. I mean, she's a fascinating character, and I think after a point, once she enters the show, uh, I started to also look at this entire, like the entire ensemble cast, and was like, you know. What are the rest of you doing? This woman has entered the show and she's carrying everything yeah, pretty much the, yeah, on her yeah. shoulders. That's
1: how. The, so I, also, uh, Holly Gibney is a really popular character from yeah. Stephen King novels, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because you know now we live in a in a in a world where the outsider may obviously it was pitched as a miniseries. But Cynthia Erivo is so good that if there is another, you know, they spin could off. totally spin off a Holly Gibney series around her. Mm. I'd watch it, but I'd still, I still feel that Cynthia Erivo does not work on her own. Cynthia Erivo works because she is playing off the performance of many other great actors. Like if there was a show that was entirely built around Cynthia Erivo. I may not watch it but say for example they put Cynthia Eribo and Ben Mendelsohn who are so diametrically different in personality together in a show like a buddy cop show of the two of them, I'd watch that.
0: I mean fair enough I'd have definitely watched it if Ben Mendelsohn and Cynthia Erivo got together but I'd also totally watch it if it was just the Holly Gibney character like I can see multiple seasons of Holly Gibney having to come in and solve these uncrackable like you know just mysterious supernatural weird cases that have gone cold or that people just can't seem to wrap their head around
1: Okay let me put it this way Matthew McConaughey was outstanding in True Detective but you can't have imagine it without Woody Harrelson either I think that's the analogy I would draw
0: yeah but that was a proper buddy
1: cop play this is like almost like you know
0: Ben Mendelssohn doesn't know what to
1: do no but I think the most interesting strand is exactly that that Ben Mendelssohn at the end of the day is a cop cops go by facts and he's a damn good cop all the facts point towards Jason Bateman's character being the murderer and that's the belief that he's going with and you never question it Cynthia Erivo of course is more into the whole supernatural spiritual sort of thing. So I like that entire debate because the protagonist of the show really for me was Ben Mendelsohn. Because even in the final 2-3 episodes of the show, hmm. they were playing a lot on that conflict he, uh, he had as a cop. Where he was constantly battling with the fact that there was this battle happening between logic and you know surrealism. Yeah. And like he could not make his peace with it. And it was almost like he is the audience, you know? Yeah. So he's reflecting your own point of view. And I really like that. And I think that's really what your takeaway is. I think that it was very smart of Stephen King to set a supernatural story in a procedural format because procedure is all about facts, evidence, reality, truth, uh, testimony, witness. And supernatural, you know, pretty much all the rules get thrown out of the window. So I think I find that really fascinating about it.
0: While we're talking about supernatural, of course, um, if like me, you are a fatu and you cannot watch uh, slightly like, you know, eerie supernatural-ish things happening late at night, do not watch this show alone. Because like I kept telling Anirudh that um, I'm so grateful I have him to sleep next to at night. Because if I watch this show and went to sleep, I would be freaking out.
1: Yeah. Also, I mean, uh, now that you bring it up, this may not be the best show to be recommending during a lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's what happens, right? Uh, here's what happened. The show literally, uh, the finale aired around mid-March. And we really waited for all 10 episodes to air out. And then we saw it right at the beginning of the lockdown. Uh, I think
0: it was the first show we did Yeah,
1: and so, I mean, yeah, you could probably, I mean, if it doesn't really bother you, go ahead, check it out. I mean, all 10 episodes are on anything, Hotstar. Anything. Uh, all 10 episodes are out on Hotstar. You can go ahead and check it out now. Uh, or maybe you could just, you know, bookmark it and wait for the lockdown to end and then see it. I think we both know clearly who the scene stealer of the show is, right? I think we agree on yeah, that. Yeah, Holly, Gibney, It's, it's me, clearly right. Cynthia Cynthia Erivo.
0: Uh,
1: also, Cynthia Erivo is a very interesting actor. Mm. Uh, you know, she's got this personality which makes her intriguing, mysterious. Also, you should check Widows out. It's a really cool film um, on uh, Hotstar. Uh, and she's in it. And you'll see what I'm talking about. So, if you see widows, and then you watch the outsider, there's no way in hell you'll be able to tell that it's the same actor. Because she brings so much of her personality, her body language to the role, right? Yeah.
0: Wow moment for me on the series was uh, Jason Bateman has two young daughters on the show, right? And after he's convicted and he's no longer around, uh, it's the mother who's sort of now taking care of the daughters and also dealing with her own grief. And the daughter keeps having this recurring nightmare of this man who comes to visit her at night, And, um, you know, tells her about, uh, and he he starts off looking like a supernatural creature and then goes on to eventually start looking more and more like Jason Bateman, her father, in later episodes. Yeah, it was quite creepy. There's this one scene where she wakes up and she goes and she wakes up her mother and she talks about this man who's come to visit her. And it is so creepily short. I feel like that was the moment I was like, I can't watch this show alone. I can't watch this show alone. (laughs) What was your wow moment?
1: No, I think uh, I think you're right. So, I think for me, there were a couple of wow moments. I think the entire... The first episode, I thought, had a had quite a few wow moments. I think a lot of scenes that had Jason Bateman and Ben Mendelssohn. There's this beautiful scene, I think, in the second episode... Uh, ...where Ben Mendelsohn goes to meet Jason Bateman in the prison. Uh, and Jason Bateman, interestingly, used to be a, a baseball coach for the kids in town. Uh, and Ben Mendelsohn lost his son... And of course, Jason Bateman is in prison for having murdered a small kid and also raped the kid. Was there rape yeah, in No, was there was really sexual assault yeah. uh, involved, right? And Ben Mendelssohn basically asked him a question about whether he ever laid his hands on his son in the past before the son died. Uh, although, th- I mean, there is no connection between his son's death and the murders. Uh, and, you know, Jason Bateman's comeback in that scene is just something really interesting because it's a very human comeback. And at that point, you really hate Jason Bateman. Because you're convinced that he's the murderer. Uh, I really like that because I genuinely tend to like those human moments mm. between uh, between criminal uh, aspects of the show.
0: Alright, so on the meter, for me, The Outsider is like a great buffet or a great thali where you start off really excited because you're like, Wow, there are so many dishes. Wow, I'm so hungry. Wow, my eyes are so big and this is going to be amazing. But... Whether you enjoy the entire show or series totally depends on whether you enjoy the final dessert. So if you enjoy the final dessert, great. Hi, Bingo meter. If you don't, well, too bad. Come back and give us gali on social media. Or I, 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 Janice, I
1: really think that this bingo meter thing might be confusing people, <laughs> more than helping them.
0: <laughs> no, no, great thali, brother. Great thali. Hai. Final, se finale. I would, dessert. I, aega, I so am not know, sure
1: if pasand. I would I would draw an analogy with the thali here, but sure, let's go with that for now.
0: Yeah, guys, like I mean it's
1: now 1.45 AM. And we are talking gibberish, which is completely fine. The basic idea is that all ten episodes are out on Hotstar. If we are talking about it on the show, it probably means that we liked it. So you guys should totally go and check it out. And if you're a Stephen King fan, then this show this is show a company.
0: And if you're not,
1: I mean I can tell you this much, even if you dislike the show, if you dislike the show for because if it's too dark or too complicated the performances are fantastic. Just for them alone, the show is worth a watch.
0: Yeah, guys. And if you didn't understand it, then internet for the I mean, just go freaking Google it. On that note... It is time for Anirudh and me to say goodbye. Good night.
1: Good night. It's time to good night say.
0: and goodbye. It's bye. also time
1: to say good night to each other, Janice. It's yeah. one45 a.m. now. Don't lie probably under, good night. We're going to watch
0: three more episodes of Grey's Anatomy Maybe now. Maybe two. Maybe. But guys, if you want to come and give us feedback or you want to hear more interesting podcasts like this, of course, please go to IVMpodcast.com or go follow them on their app, IVM Podcast. And of course, if you want to reach out to Anirudh and me, I'm at Janicek85 on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, Facebook and now even TikTok and Ani Rod <laughs> is at Ani Guha on just Twitter and Instagram Facebook and TikTok pe account hi nahi hai.
1: and like my good friend Arkupol, you want to give us any good feedback positive feedback and tell us how great our podcast is please log into Twitter and Instagram and do that because we love Good feedback.
0: Yeah, we love feedback. But just
1: period. positive feedback. If you like find us weird or like don't like our voices, that's just too bad. Just keep Haan, keep like, that opinion to yourself. There's a lot of criticism on Twitter <laughs> as it is.
0: Yeah, don't add to the negativity, Bruce. Chalo, time to say goodnight and goodbye. See and you next stay week.
1: stay safe. Stay safe during the lockdown. And we'll see you next week once again with another recommendation. Janice Kya recommend kare We need to stop watching Grey's Anatomy. Next week we'll
0: recommend and, Grey's Anatomy. And
1: start watching shows that we can talk about on this podcast. We'll figure out a way. We'll see you next week. Bye.